Good morning. Welcome to all those joining us for Likute Halachas, Yoradeya, Chelik Aleph, Hilchas Ribis, Halacha Hey, Paragraph Dalit. We dedicate the learning today, Lilo Nishmas, Yirachmiel, Daniel Ben Gedalia, Rosa Basi Tamar, and also for a complete Rafu Shalema for all those that need it, including Chaviva Chana Basgalia, Yechiel Yehuda Ben Rezel, Rus Alexandra Esther Chaya Bas Luna Patrisa, Mazel Bat Zahava, Moshe Dovdelio Ben Risha, Jonas Ben Hilda, Avigail Brocha Bas Shira Dvoira, Shira Dvoira Bas Miriam, Soralea Bas Chavaliba, Boruch Mordechai Ben Tali, Nosn Yehuda Ben Tali, Menachem Ben Risha Basha, Eitan Yoel Ben Edna, Tuv Yitzvi Ben Chaya Aliza, Avram Dovi ben Chana, Hindachasa bas Chana, Miriam Esther bas Sorigitl, Shlemelisim ben Mazel, Idis bas Miriam Brindel, Besoich Shar Choyli Israel. Paragraph Dalid, Ugmilas Chesed, Vahavoas Chain, Gedoilo Yoisimanat Stoker. And giving a person a loan, lending money to someone, is even on a higher level than charity, than giving the person a gift. Because as the Gemara points out, a loan is something that could apply both to a wealthy person and a poor person. And by doing this, by being willing to lend money to help a person who really needs it, a person acquires friendship and peace with everyone. And this is one of the most important things. Because peace is so important in that it, it eliminates the ability of the Yitzhahara to have any grasp, to have any hold. The Ikara Maila Salvoaschein, who hahamtona. And the main significance of giving somebody a loan is the fact that you're willing to wait. You're willing to wait a week, a month, a year, whatever it is, until the person pays back that loan. And by doing this, you're showing that time is not controlling you. You're controlling time. Time is not dictating what you do. Hashem is dictating what you do. And, and you're, you're connecting yourself to, to the concept above time. And this is what the entire Torah and Yiddishkeit is really all about. That in Torah and Yiddishkeit we're taught the concept of waiting. Because the Gemara says that reward for a mitzvah does not exist in this world. Our obligation is to do the mitzvahs today, now, and to be rewarded for it tomorrow. And by living this way, we're plugging into this concept above time. Because most definitely, if a person would be able to see the reward for mitzvahs in this world, there'd be no test, there'd be no choice, no free choice. Bifrat mitzvah stalker, especially regarding when it comes to the mitzvah of charity. If a person would see clearly that by giving a dinar, a, a, a dollar, let's say, to a poor person, the person immediately receives reward, a hundred thousand dollars. Me pesi shaloyitain stalker. Which fool would not give charity? And wouldn't grab a deal like this, this kind of a deal. <clears throat> 
בשביל סופק רווח חלק מהסורה. People give hundreds and thousands of dollars in order to do business and, and for a questionable profit where they're hoping to make 10%, let's say, on, on their investment. Vilafomim yesh hefsid. And there are times that the person isn't that fortunate, and not only don't they make profit, but they lose. They lose their investment, or they lose part of the investment. And the person has major, major struggle and effort trying to make money, trying to generate a profit. So which person wouldn't grab an opportunity for profit like this, that, that by giving a dinar to a poor person, the person would, would see that they're receiving thousands back in exchange, just the profit, just the profit alone is thousands, besides the principal amount, which the Gemara tells us is reserved eternally. That certain mitzvahs, the profits we get in this world, the, the principle is reserved for the next world. However, where does free choice come in? And where does the test, what makes it a test? The fact that the person has to wait. Because we don't see the reward with our eyes. The and even though the general rule is, the Torah tells us, that for certain mitzvahs, the profits you receive in this world and the principle is set aside for the next world, Rav Nosenzal says there are exceptions to that. There are times when Hashem loves the person so much that Hashem decides to even take the profits and save it for the next world, where it'll do the person much more benefit. Oi b'shvil kapora safoinois. Or Hashem makes a decision to use those profits to atone for the person's sins, to forgive sins, to erase sins. So the person doesn't see it in their bank account, they don't see that they got more money, and they don't see either that Hashem wiped their slate clean. Hashem removed all kinds of negative spiritual balances from them as a reward for the mitzvah tzedakah that they did. Alkain, therefore, Iker schar hatzedakah hu ha'emuna shemamen ba'shemisporach omamten loy. Therefore, the main reward for the mitzvah tzedakah is the faith and trust that the person shows in Hashem that I trust Hashem. I trust that Hashem knows how much money I've given out and I trust that Hashem is going to reward me for this. And the person is willing to wait. Bibchinas, as the Pesach says in Mishlei, Malve Hashem choinein dal. That a person who shows generosity to a poor person, choinein dal, is Malve Hashem, is lending to Hashem. When is Hashem going to give it back? Sometimes in this world, sometimes in the next world, sometimes in, in a month, sometimes in a year. The most important thing is to eliminate the, the, the time factor. Because if a person puts that aside, then the person has the ability to wait. Because a person has to really, really pay attention to the truth. We talk about the term reality check. This is the reality check. What's the reality check? That time flies. The time is flying by very quickly. As we see in actual life. And to believe that in a higher reality, in, in, in the Olam Ho'emes, in the world of truth, there's no such thing as time. And where does time become a factor? When is time a major consideration? 
when there's lack of das, bishvil hanisoyim v'habchira, in order to test us, in order that we should have free choice, so that we should take time, we should take this physical, materialistic world, which seems to be controlled by time, and connect it to the next world, to Hashem, who is above the concept of time. How? By giving charity and performing good deeds. And by showing that we believe in Hashem, and therefore I do charity and, and I, I lend monies, and I'm happy to wait for when Hashem will return the favor. So we conclude, therefore, that the main reward, the main significance of tzedakah and, and lending monies is all about this ability, this willingness to wait. Because a person who does that is connecting to that level that's above the concept of time, and is eliminating all the differences, all the diversity. Interesting. Today is Sunday, Yom Rishon Bashabis. Next to the last day of the month of Tishrei, tomorrow will be Erev Rosh Chodesh, Mar Cheshvan. And the following day, Tuesday and Wednesday, will be Rosh Chodesh, Metzeshem, two days of Rosh Chodesh. Yesterday we read Parshas Bereshis. And I saw, I believe it's the Chidozal who speaks about this, or other Mephoshim, that the test of the Eitz Hadas was vatere. She looked, she saw. It says she saw that the fruit looked attractive, etc., etc. And the Mephoshim point out that this is the difference between the Yetzir Toiv and the Yetzir Hora. The Yetzir Hora is all about instant gratification. Here, look, you'll smoke this or you'll, ta- you'll eat this, you'll enjoy, you will have pleasure immediately, right now. Whereas the Torah, the mitzvah, the Yetzir Toiv says, put on tzitzis, put on tefillin, light candles, keep Shabbos, your gratification, your reward will be somewhere in the future, sometime in the future, generally. Even though the Torah does tell us there is a concept of that when a person gets to a high enough level of faith in Hashem and faith in the Torah of mitzvahs, they enjoy the mitzvah itself. They're not waiting. The mitzvah itself is enjoyable to them. They feel the, the reward in the mitzvah itself, but that's already a high madrega. On a simple, on a basic level, the difference between Yetzirah and Yetzirah is the Yetzirah is look, and the Yetzirah is believe. Believe that somewhere in the future, at some time in the future, question in the chat, we learned in the previous halacha, that a person who has to borrow money is in some ways in a worse position than the one who receives charity. So how could it be that the one who gives a loan is doing a better thing than the one who gives stucco? The answer is there's two issues. There's the one on the receiving end, the one on the giving end. And here again, the Gemara points out that in certain ways, in some ways, a loan is greater than, than a gift. This doesn't mean that we should stop giving stucker. that when we have a choice, when somebody comes around collecting, oh, I'll, I'll lend it to you. Here's a star, sign this document, I'm lending you this shekel, or I'm lending you this dollar, whatever it is. It doesn't mean that. It means the Gemara is telling us that there are certain ways, certain benefits that a loan has that charity doesn't that a wealthy person usually will not accept charity. And, and even wealthy people get into situations where they need to borrow money. That's one of the differences. And in addition, when I give charity, I'm not waiting for it to, I'm not waiting for that person to give me anything back. 
Whereas when I'm giving a loan, besides Hashem, I'm waiting for that actual person to return the loan. But again, it, it doesn't mean that, that in every way the, the loan is better than stock. It means that there are certain ways in which the loan, certain advantages that a gemach has over charity. Any other questions? Uh, when somebody loans, he makes connection with the person, and this connection lasts. And when the person giving money, he gave money and say bye-bye to the person. Correct. So when you make connections with the person, it's, it's much bigger than just here and bye. Correct. Thank you. Sure. V'alkein avoin horibis chomur mo'oid mo'oid. And based on this explanation, we can understand why the Torah tells us that the sin of collecting interest on a loan is a major, major sin. Because interest means reward for waiting. That I'm collecting money, I'm taking a fee for waiting for my money, waiting for you to return my money to me. And in doing this, we're feeding time, this concept of time. We're giving power, showing that time is very important. Time is money. Time is money. And the person is strengthening the evil, the negativity that's attached to the diversity that's associated with time as we've explained in the previous shurim. Since this person is showing that they don't believe in Hashem, they don't believe to be willing to wait for that money to come back and to do this as an act of kindness, not looking for any fee at all. Which, if the person does the loan that way, without asking for any interest at all whatsoever, that person is negating time, that time factor that's attached especially to money. Again, time is money. And it's for this reason that the Torah says that this sin of collecting interest is so big. And the Gemara says in Bab Metziah, page 71, that it's considered as if the person is in denial of the entire Torah. Because the whole, our entire observance of Torah is dependent on this concept, Levatel <coughs> Hazman. That we, we're pushing aside time. Time is not going to decide. It's not instant gratification. That when I have a choice of getting pleasure right now or waiting, I'd rather wait. I'd rather not have. I'd rather forego the instant gratifications, those pleasures, because I believe that waiting, I'll do much better off. Shemishom kol hashinuyim. And as, again, as we learned earlier, time is what defines all the differences and diversity. Shemishom kol And that's where the Yitzhahara has power and is attached to. And this is why the Gemara also says over there, that a person who takes interest, it's considered as if they deny the, the miracle of the Jews leaving Egypt. Because the Torah tells us clearly that when the Jews left Egypt, Hashem changed, He modified those factors that define time, the sun and the moon and the stars, which define time. And therefore, at, during that time, the people experienced an elimination of time. As Rabbi Nezal speaks about this in the short notes of chapter 79 in the second half of Likud Imran. Where 
Rabbi Nezal says there that du- during the miracle of the splitting of the Red Sea, Hashem eliminated the concept of time. V'yalkein, Beleil Shimurim, and this is also why on the night of Pesach, we're told that the night shone brightly like day. Like the Gemara says, This is an example of elimination of time. And it's through this elimination of time that was what was behind all the great miracles, the awesome miracles that Moshe Rabbeinu performed, and we know that Moshe Rabbeinu was above this concept of time. As the Zohar HaKadosh says clearly, based on the Pasuk and Kohelis, that which was is that which will be, connecting the past and the future. And the first letters of Ma Shehoyahu spell the word Moshe. As Rabbein Zal writes over there in chapter 79 in the second half of Likut Imran. And this is also, Kriyas Yamsev is what preceded the Jews receiving the Torah on Har Sinai. And it's through the Torah and the mitzvahs that we are able to plug into this level above the concept of time. Whereas a person who lends money for interest, he's receiving a reward for, ta- for waiting. That's the opposite of everything we just spoke about. And therefore, it's considered as if the person is denying the miracles of Yitzhiya's Mitzrayim and Chasfashon denying the entire Torah, the whole concept, underlying concept of Yiddishkeit. Paragraph Hei, And now we'll understand also why the concept of a Jew waking up in the middle of the night, breaking the night, and getting up at that time when the majority of people are sleeping, not just sleeping, but that's the deepest sleep in the middle of the night, this is considered an incredible, important, great item. The Zohar Kodesh has maybe 20, 30 things that are only people who get up for Chatzais have these incredible powers, that when they say something, it's fulfilled all kinds of incredible rewards for this major item of getting up for Chatzais. Levatel Hashena. It's about eliminating sleep. Shemishom Achizas Hazman. And as we learned earlier, sleep is where time is very powerful, more powerful than normal. That normally, 15 minutes is 15 minutes. When a person sleeps for 15 minutes, it can feel sometimes like a month, like a week. Shemishom kol hashinuim, and again, time is is what defines all the diversity. V'alkein sheno l'shoin shinui. Rav Nosson says now you could understand also the similarity between these two words in Lashon Kodesh in Hebrew. Sheno means sleep. Shinui means diversity, differences. Kaliday hashena v'tardema bechinas histalkus hadas. Because it's through sleep, and especially tardema, deep sleep, which, which is a time when the person's das leaves, that's, that's where the heaviness of time comes in, which is what defines all the differences. And this is why the Torah tells us, that the final miracle, Makas Bechoyros, took place at midnight. Ki it's, uh, the miracle of the Jews leaving Egypt. Because leaving Egypt was a miracle, an awesome miracle, which is an example of eliminating time. And that's what getting up at midnight is all about. 
שעוז נמשך מלמעלה בחינס הסעירוס השינה. Because at midnight, from above, from in heaven, comes forth a wake-up call to wake up from sleep. As the Zohar Kodesh says, there's a heavenly voice that strikes the wings of the rooster and causes the rooster to crow at midnight. And by, by getting up at Chatzois, those people who break that sleep, <coughs> through that the person achieves this concept of elim- eliminating time. <laughs> which eliminates all the diversity, all the differences. <laughs> which is the, the, the source of all hate and conflict, and, and opposition, and exile, which comes as a result of conflict, and hate, and, and opposition. We know that originally, what took the Jewish people down to Egypt? The kinah and sinah among the brothers of Yosef HaTzadik. That's what led them to sell him into slavery, to send him down to Egypt which resulted in everyone going down to Egypt, which resulted in 210 years of slavery. And when Moshe Rabbeinu, later on, years later, when Moshe Rabbeinu saw a, an Egyptian beating up a Jew, he killed the Egyptian. That was it. But when he saw two Jews fighting the next day, he said, Now I got the answer to my question. What was his question? Why are we in exile? Why are the Jewish people suffering so much more than other nations? We're bad, they're worse. But now I see the reason. The reason is machloikis. That when there's machloikis among us, when Jews are fighting with each other, that's what warrants the golos, that's what warrants Rachman al-Islam, all the suffering. V'alkein chatzois mesugal kemoipidyan. And this is why Rabbi Nezal says in Likut Imran that getting up at Chatzois has the same power as giving a pidyon to a tzaddik. A pidyon means a sum of money for tzedakah. Ki ha pidyon hu'alidei mois tzedakah shenoisnen lahatzadik vohoish kosher. Because a pidyon is brought about by a person giving money for charity to a tzaddik or to a religious person and that's where the main effectiveness of tzedakah is. Why? Because when a person gives charity to a rasha, or to a person who is very defective spiritually, especially if a person is supporting those people who cause conflict in Klal Yisrael, those people who, who, who oppose Judaism, oppose religious people, Azai Adaraba, not only doesn't it have a positive effect, it that person makes the damage worse, makes the problem worse. Because that person now is drawing a flow of Shefa from Hashem into diversity, into differences. Shemisham Kolapegomim, which we learned earlier is the source of all negativity, the source of all sins and everything. And therefore, one of the most important factors in deciding where to give my charity is to give it to tzaddikim, to give it to really religious people, people who are really peaceful and, 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 and support peace and, and promote peace. That's the real effectiveness of opinion. Because by doing that, a person eliminates all types of suffering, which comes from the evil, the negativity that's attached to the diversity, the differences. 
וכנ"ל, אז we discussed earlier. וזהו גם כן בחינס חצויס. And this is a similar concept to what's taking place at midnight. שקומם מהשינו בחצויס לילה, that a person is getting up from sleep at midnight, ומשברם השינו באיז תוקף הסגברוסוי. And the person is breaking the sleep at a time when sleep is very powerful. At a time when the person's das has shrunk and has reached one of its almost rock bottom, and, and the das has left when a person's asleep, especially when they're deep in sleep. And by doing this, a person is able to eliminate all the differences. And Rav Nosson Zal says, this is how we've explained what Rav Nosson says there on the Kutimran. What's the comparison? What's the relationship between the Chatzois and Pidyan? They're both working on this same concept, eliminating the Shinuyim. Any questions? The time for Chatzois. Rav says six hours, but then he, also, he gave a suggestion to one of his followers that he couldn't get up so early. He said, okay, yours is now 3 a.m. So really is the ikr of breaking the night, breaking your own sleep, and that can change and vary between people? Or there really is more power at Chatzot Talayla? Question regarding the time of Chatzot. Rabbi Nezal made it very, very clear that he, the Arizal, and the Zohar Kodesh said that the time of Chatzot is six hours, six clock hours, not Shoizmanias, 360 minutes, after, when it, from when it becomes night, from when it becomes Tzeis HaKoychovim, which varies in different countries, in the places like the United, certain places in the United States, it takes 50 minutes, 5 minutes, to get dark from sunset to when it becomes really night. In Eretz Yisrael, it's 20 minutes, a short amount of time. And, and Rabbi Nezal speaks about this, and Rabbi Nezal speaks about it in many places, and they speak about the incredible significance of the moment of Chatzois, the moment when Chatzois begins, that that's the holy, that's the most important time for a person to be awake. And, and that there's a boom that goes off at that time. And whoever's awake, for that boom, there's a tremendous, tremendous benefit in that. That boom continues for a two-hour period. That sound, in a sense, that great light, it continues for a two-hour period, and that's defined as chatzois. There was one example that's given. There was one individual who, that we're told, Reb Doiv, one of the students of Rabbi Nezal, who had certain physical problems, where when he would get up in the middle of the night, he would have headaches, all kinds of difficulties, and his mother came to complain to Rabbi Nezal that it's, he's, he's, she was afraid that it would really affect his health in a very serious way. And Rabbi Nezal told this specific student, your chatzois will be 3 a.m. Mm. But for us to take that as, as a heter, mm. a person shouldn't do that normally, normally. In extenuating circumstances, or if a person didn't wake up for chatzois, they know that, number one, there's the full two hours, and number two, even after those two hours, up until Alois HaShachar, a person can still say Tikkun Chatzois. We're allowed to say Tikkun Chatzois. But to know that the best, best time to be up is that moment of Chatzois, when Chatzois begins, and then that continues for a two-hour period. If a person can't stay up the whole two hours, if they can stay up for an hour, very good. If they can only stay up for a half hour, even 15 minutes, it's very, very special. But the critical moment is that beginning of Chatzois and then that two-hour period, if possible. Any other questions? Also, if you're already awake, is it need to wake up or if you're already having to be... Awake, continue to stay up. The answer is, this is one of the places, one of maybe 20 places in the Kutalochus, where Rav Nosenzal and Rav Enazal use the term kimas chatzois, getting up for chatzois, breaking out of the sleep. That that's definitely the preferred way. It's definitely preferred for a person to go to sleep before chatzois and get up for chatzois. It's written about Rav Nosenzal that sometimes there were extenuating circumstances, a wedding, this, that, 
but then he would look at the clock, watch the clock, and he would try 30 minutes, at least 30 minutes before Chatzos, to put his head down and to go to sleep. Sometimes not even 30 minutes, but to try to get into sleep and break out of the sleep. That's one of the main factors in Chatzos, as, as Rabbi Nezal and, and the Sifrei Kabbalah define it. If a person didn't go to sleep, they still can say Tikkun Chatzos. They still can get some of the benefits, but to know that there's a major focus on going to sleep before and getting up, breaking out of that sleep, getting up for Chatzos. Paragraph of and this is why the Gemara says in the beginning of Brachas, that it's very difficult for a person to know the exact moment of Chatzois. The Gemara tells us there that when Moshe Rabbeinu had to tell Paroi that the miracle of Makas Pcharis is going to take place at Chatzois, he didn't say Chatzois, he said approximately Chatzois. Why? Because the exact moment of Chatzois is very difficult to realize. Because the exact moment of Chatzois is such a high level that it's something that we cannot understand. Because the concept of our brain shutting down, which is what it does when we go to sleep, which is the source of free choice, lack of das. When a person's das is bishlemus, then there's no bechira. When a person knows everything they need to know, then there's no choice. There's no matter, maybe I'll do this, maybe I'll do that. The person knows what's right and they, no question. That's why Rabbi Nezal says, and others for him write, that when Hashem wants to test a tzaddik, the only way he can test him is by taking away some of his das. Then it's a test. Because when the das is bishlemus, there's no test. The Gemara says a person commits a sin only because a spirit of insanity takes over the person. So again, that's lack of das. When the das is 100% sholem, no test. Yetzirah, nothing. So Rav Nosanzal says now that histalkus adas, which is the source of Bechira, ki mishom nimshach hatoos shesoivrim shiezman boilam. When there's lack of das, that's where this whole mistake comes into existence of people thinking that there's a time factor. And that's where all the difficulties, all the problems of time come in. Which confuse the person and don't allow the person to really think about their future, the real future. To prepare, to prepare provisions for that long, long trip to Olam Haba, to the next world. So here again, because of time in this world, I, what do you mean? I need time to eat breakfast. I need time for this. I need time for that. So I don't have time for Torah and Tefillah and Mitzvahs. Because the Yetzirah <coughs> makes us think that, you know, that, that, to put us, to lock us into the definitions of time in the materialistic world and thereby rob us from preparing for the real, for the eternally, for the eternity of the next world. Shekol zeh nimshach mitchilas hatzimtzum shelcholol aponui. And all of this originates from that original tzimtzum, when Hashem first wanted to create the world, and Hashem had to remove himself. He had to remove his light, to constrict his light, in order to make room to create a vacant space in which creation could take place. Shehu bechinas histalkus vahadas. This is a concept, this is similar to the Chochma and Das leaving, as Rabbi Nezal speaks about this in chapter 64 in the Kutei Moran. And this concept of the Tzimtzum of the Cholol Haponui, and this concept of the Das leaving in order, for, in order to make room for Christ, 
is something that regular people cannot understand. It's only the highest level tzaddikim, the highest level of tzaddikim, like Moshe Rabbeinu, Dover Amelech, they were able to achieve an understanding of this concept of Chatzois, what's taking place at Chatzois. And this is why the Gemara says there in Brachas, that Dover Amelech would wake up at midnight and, be in, and, and study Torah. <coughs> and in the morning, the leaders of Klal Yisrael would come to see him, and they said to him, Amcho Yisrael Tzrichem Parnasa. Your nation, the Jewish nation, needs parnasa. The lechayra who plia, Rabbi Nosson says this Gemara seems to be strange, very strange. Ma'inin zelazer. What does Dovid Amelach getting up at Chatzois have to do with them coming and asking for parnasa? Ach be'emes iker chisoran haparnasa v'ho'anius nimshach meiriboi hashinuyim. However, as we learned previously, a few pages back. The whole concept of the struggle for Parnassa and poverty is all the result of the diversity, the differences. Shenisrapu which which happened, came into being and increased as a result of the sin of Adamarishan. Remember? When there was only Hashem, no problem. Even when there was only Adam, no problem. The moment they came Adam and Chava, and Chava was created through Histalkus Hadas. Chava was created through sleep. Adam had to have sleep. Tardema, problems. The snake was able to approach Chava and get her, convince her, and use her to convince Adam Arisha, and that's where the problems came in. Shemishom Achizas Horah. And that's where evil is able to have a hold. Shema'akev ha which causes the flow of Shefa from Hashem to be withheld. Shemishom ho'anius, which results in poverty. Bechinas bi'itzovoin toichalena. As it says right after the sin of the Eitzadas, Hashem said, now your eating, your livelihood is going to come with depression, suffering. There'll be poverty. There'll be a struggle for a livelihood. And therefore, through this avoider of getting up in the middle of the night, we're breaking sleep, we're breaking time, we're breaking the differences. That should automatically result in a smooth flow of Shefa and Parnosa. And that's why, as right after Dover Amelech got up for Chatzois, Dover Amelech was a king, and most kings like to sleep late. Kings don't get up in the middle of the night. <coughs> and, and, and Dover Amelech did this incredible avoid of Chatzois. They went into him in the morning right away and asked for Parnosa. Because this is the opportune time to ask for Parnassa. Because through this avoid of Chatzois, which is breaking sleep, which is breaking the time, breaking the differences, this should bring about, this should have resulted in a flow of Parnassa. The Alkain and therefore Dovar Amel's first response was, no problem. Go do business with each other. Hashem, you have Hashem's blessing. What does that mean? Go help each other in Parnassah. Dovan Melch was referring to love and peace among the Jewish people. They should perform acts of kindness with each other so that they'll be able to generate parnasa from each other. Because the main ability to eliminate the differences, wealthy and poor, light and darkness, good and bad, is dependent on this. 
that there must be love and peace and friendship among the Jewish people. And perform acts of kindness with each other. That's one of the most important factors that will result in a flow of shefa and blessing from Hashem. And this explains also why the, the, the Torah tells us that Hashem said the best vessel for blessing is Shalom, peace. As the Gemara says in Uksim, What this is telling us is that even though we get up for Chatzois, which is such a major, major avoider, which we said eliminates the differences, and it, it would seem that that should be enough to, to provide a flow of Parnassa for Klal Yisrael, there's still another critical, important factor. Just because I turn on the faucet and there's a flow doesn't mean you're going to benefit from it. There has to be peace among the Jewish people. That's the most important thing. When there's peace, there's a keli. There's a vessel to be able to receive from that flow. This is what Dovah HaMelech was implying when he said, go support each other. Go do parnasa with each other. So they responded to Dovah HaMelech, the small, the small profits that we can generate from doing parnasa with each other are, are not going to do it. It's not going to do it. It's not going to be enough to support us. And if you have a ditch and you want to fill the ditch, you don't start digging out earth from the ditch to fill the ditch. You have to bring new, new dirt. What they were telling Dovah Melech is that the world is in such a mess as a result of the sin of Adam Arishon and all the sins of subsequent generations. Where unfortunately the majority of the money and the wealth is not inside the Jewish nation and certainly not among the religious people but rather it's by the non-Jews, and also by the evil people, and people who are full of conflict. <coughs> and therefore, even during the time of Dovid HaMelech, which was considered a high for the Jewish people, where there was a lot of good things, the, the preparations for the building of the Beis HaMikdosh, still, it was still difficult for the Jews to be able to succeed in earning a good living by just doing commerce with each other. Because of the fact that there was so much shefa that was not in that arena, it wasn't in the ballpark of the Jewish people and certainly not among the religious people. Go fight. Go make an army and go fight. Go, go, go to the non-Jews to bring back that Shefa. Which means that we have to do battle against these other nations and all of our enemies that are against holiness and to remove the Shefa from them and to return it to the religious Jewish people, to the good Jewish people, etc. Hey, they're worse than, I'm sorry? If they're worse than us, then how do they, how do they have it? How do they attain it? Question. If these Rishoyim are worse than us and these non-Jews are worse than us, how do they get the Shefa? The answer is when we lose it, when we forfeit it, it automatically goes into their hands. Not because they deserve it, not because they're worthy, but when we lose it, 
it goes elsewhere. It goes out. Out where? Out into the streets. That kind of thing. The Zohar Kodesh compares it to a cup and a saucer. When the cup is whole, you're pouring into the cup, the cup fills up. When the cup has a hole in it, then you're pouring into the cup, the cup is not retaining it at all. It's going out into the saucer, onto the table, that kind of thing. Sounds like it's connected to the bracha Yitzchak gave to uh, Esau. Right? When Yaakov is doing his job, we have the shefa, but we're not. Exactly, exactly. I'm just thinking we're coming off Shabbos on Moitzoi Shabbos, right after Shabbos, we read a few pages, which are pages referring to Hashem blessing the Jewish people, the bracha that Yitzchak Avinu gave to Yaakov Avinu, and a few pages referring to the brachas of, of, uh, of being given to Klal Yisrael. The custom among Hasidim is that the most important time for the students to gather together and to go to the tzaddik is Shabbos, is Shabbos in general. Shabbos is a time of even those people who during the weekdays can't come, can't go. Shabbos is a time of coming together and especially Shabbos at Mincha. Shabbos at Mincha and Suda Shlishis was the most important time when the tzaddikim all the students would gather to the tzaddikim to hear Torah. And it seems that it corresponds to this also. This getting together, this uniting, this exp- a, a manifestation of this Ahava and Sholem, preparing us to receive the real bracha <coughs> of Shabbos, especially as we're about to go into the weekdays. We're about to go out to work. Shabbos, we're not working. Shabbos, we're connecting, we're tapping into Lemala Me'azman, Lemala. But now we're about to make that transition going from Shabbos into weekday. To prepare for that, we need that Ahavo and Sholem, that avoid of the Suda Shlishis, eating together, singing together, hearing the words of Torah from the Tzaddik, the Rikud, the dancing that's done there. All of this is an incredible expression of the Ahavo and Sholem to prepare us that we should be worthy Kalim to receive the Bracha. A new week, a very important week. Tomorrow we said as Erev Ashchidesh, Yom Kippur Katan, which we didn't have the previous month because it was Tishrei. In Tishrei there's no Yom Kippur Katan. <coughs> I'm sorry, in T- right, it's Rosh Hashanah, it's Erev Rosh Hashanah. And two days of Rosh Chodesh, and Baruch Hashem, there are a lot of simchas in just in Breslov alone. This is a season, now that the Yom Emtoyev Marova, there are weddings, bar mitzvahs, simchas, we should be zorcha to the shefa that's needed. A person wants to make a wedding or a simcha, it costs money. They need shefa. We should be zorcha to this ahava and shalom, and thereby to be able to have the keli, to be able to receive Hashem's full flow of shefa, Hashem. Be zorcha to the gula shleima, b'mhera b'yameinu, amein v'yameinu. Amen. Thank you very much. All the best.